Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hallstrom. I recently sat down with Kaiser Compressors, Bill Kempf, Neil Melchatter, and Michael Camber to talk about the company's custom-enclosed compressed air system. A global leader of compressors, blowers, and vacuums, Kaiser Compressors designs and builds compressed air solutions that help facilities optimize and improve their operations. In addition to installing equipment, Kaiser also provides customized solutions, including pre-built compressor rooms that food and beverage processors can drop in right next to their facility or plant. In this episode, we talk about service, reliability, benefits, and costs of a Kaiser compressed air solution, as well as reasons why processors might consider moving their air system outside of the plant. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to this special episode of the Food for Thought podcast. It is so great to have Bill, Neil, and Michael here on today's episode. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Aaron. Let's get started off by explaining who and what Kaiser Compressors is. Um, I'll go ahead and start, and Michael and Bill, if you guys want to jump in. Um, you know, Kaiser is a, a global leader of compressors, blower, and vacuum. Um, we've been around since 1919. So we have a lot of experience um, in, uh, in design build, um, specifically system design, and optimizing for uh, specific applications. Yeah, I would add that um, you know our focus is really while we make equipment, com- compressors, blowers, vacuum equipment, our um, our focus is on providing solutions that really um, um, optimize the the customers' operations and improve their operations, both from a cost and performance uh, standpoint. And one of the things that um, we do in, in addition to um, installing the equipment in, in, in somebody's plant is uh, we'll sometimes um, uh, provide a customized solution um, or even a pre-built uh, compressor room that are kind of plug and play. They kind of drop in right next to the plant. Um, it's, um, it's something that uh, some, uh, some customers uh, find benefit in. Um, uh, there are a number of reasons that someone may want to do that. Um, and then also we have a nationwide network that provides complete support from start to finish, from from helping design the system and understanding the needs to um, quoting it and, and selling it and then installing, commissioning, and then all the, um, the servicing um, uh, throughout the life cycle of the equipment. Um, so we, uh, we commonly evaluate existing systems to solve common and sometimes uncommon problems. Uh, and that would include doing um, uh, compressed air and um, uh, blower energy audits. Something that you just brought up about the custom solution, I'm really interested. Can you elaborate even more on that? I know you gave a, a great description, but can you elaborate that? on that anymore? Well, I would say, I'll start off and just say that most systems uh, are installed in the plant um, the, um, with individual components, compressors, dryers, tanks, piping, filters, etc., um, that are all selected and sized for the application. 
um, the custom engineered solution uh, can be delivered uh, is basically where we put the system together before we deliver it to the plant. And that could be in a skid, uh, or it could be in a fully enclosed weatherproof enclosure. Um, and um, that customer, the customer can buy that package. Um, or in some cases, they, they opt for um, having that, that, that capability um, on site, but actually not buy it. They, they um, pay for it as a utility. It's what we call a Sigma Air utility, and it's basically a, you know, a, a service rather than them spending capital uh, dollars on new equipment. What are some of the top benefits of moving the air or moving the air system out of the plant? You know, the main benefits of moving the, the system out of the plant um, can, can range from high to low. Some examples are um, the service access, ease of service access, and increased security, um, contamination control. You know, it frees up in-plant floor space, and also it reduces the time of installation. By doing so, you also remove sources of heat and noise, and it provides a better overall environment for the system. Yeah, and I would, I would add that in doing that, it often eliminates the need for building renovations or new construction uh, in the case of an expanding plant. Um, um, and it's much faster than uh, having to have an architect and an engineer design new uh, building space um, because we're doing the building and it can just be uh, more or less dropped in on site. Um, and, and, and it can be moved. If, the plant mo if it's a temporary solution and the plant plans to relocate or needs the air somewhere else on its uh, campus, these systems can be moved. And in some specialized cases where you don't, uh, such as a class one, div one, maybe in a chemical plant natural, or a gas processing plant, is sometimes having uh, traditional rotating equipment or electrical equipment um, is not safe, uh, too close to the application. Um, so instead of buying very expensive uh, explosion-proof compressors or, you know, uh, specialized uh, engineered equipment, you can basically have this solution dropped in somewhere outside the class one div one area and then pipe in the air, uh, which increases safety. Uh, and it reduces and it greatly reduces costs. We talked a bit about service, so I'm curious, how does it impact reliability? Well, over time, um, compressors are certainly affected by anything that's in the ambient air. So if, if the inside of the facility is hot or you have all kinds of debris, um, these things over time can affect uh, the operation of the compressors, dryers, et cetera. Uh, specifically, um, the compressors have a significant amount of uh, cooling air required. And if the cooler gets plugged with all kinds of dust and debris, um, this will affect the machine, cause it to run hot. Um, and in those cases, you're going to have issues with over-temperature or, um, you know, operation, um, faults on the machine, et cetera. So by allowing uh, the compressors to move outside, you can control that environment in a lot better way. Um, and, you know, you can certainly put banks of filters 
on the outside. Um, so then this also allows you to uh, maintain operating temperature within that enclosure. Um, so it, it does make it a lot easier to see. And then, you know, in a lot of cases, um, these enclosures would have some kind of interface back to the facility. So whether it be a master controller like our Sigma Air Manager or our individual compressor controller like our Sigma uh, Control 2, um, those can bus information back to the facility so you can see how those compressors are actually operating, get the alarms, get the faults, get the warnings. Um, so there's uh, a lot of great information that's shared um, in addition to being able to build that kind of redundancy um, into, the, into the enclosure, you know, once, once you have a compressor room, you're limited in that size and scope. So if you wanted to add, for example, another 100 horsepower for your packaging process, you may not be able to put it in the standard compressor room. So what can you do? Um, the, the joy of an enclosure-based system um, is that you can make that enclosure as big as you necessarily need and or look at making various pods. So you know, compressor dryer pod one, compressor dryer pod two. So it's very scalable. Um, and I think Bill also alluded to uh, service. And when, when we're looking at the design, um, I, I kind of mentioned the shoehorn, um, you know, you're, you're dealt a hand in regard to your compressor room, but when you're building these enclosures, you can decide how much space do I really need? Um, how am I gonna service this equipment? oh, you know what, I'm not going to put the tank right in front of the electrical control cabinet. I'm going to give it the required uh, uh, space in regard to NEC code. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that um, allow us to expand the scope uh, when we uh, have full control over uh, where the equipment's going to go. I want to talk about cost for a second. How does the cost compare to traditional methods? At first glance, they appear expensive compared to traditional methods, which traditional methods is just buying components such as a compressor, dryer, filter, and placing them in a room. But those traditional methods do not account for all those ma the major on-site work or trade work to be done on-site. Um, and I refer to trades as being plumbing, electrical, and ventilation. Also, you have to account for cost of renovating or new construction as a true comparison. And as an added point, the traditional methods typically comes with lost production time. This is an important part because we're always waiting for such things as engineering work, building permits, and etc. By far, it is less expensive than building or expanding. With a custom engineered solution, the package is complete and the items like ducting, piping, and electrical are already installed. I'm curious, is there any limitation on the system size? Um, you know, I, I think uh, Bill probably would have something to add here, but you know, we've seen um, skids, enclosures, et cetera, uh, as small as 10 horsepower, and, you know, systems installed uh, over 1,000 horsepower. Um, you know, so it, it really depends on the, the scope of work and then also the physical area available uh, outside of a customer's facility. Um, 
you know, because they, they can be, as I alluded to earlier, uh, a pod-type system where you have, you know, one compressor or blower in, in an enclosure, or you could have multiples. Um, but, you know, as Bill probably will point out, you know, there are weight, height um, limits on these things uh, in regard to what you can move. Um, you know, so, you know, travel permits around the country um, or shipping, you know, overseas, um, so those are those are some limitations. Yeah, um, I would uh, just recap that and say, no, there are no real limitations on the system size. Um, it can be done for any size system, but the transportation is a limiting factor. So um, what we do sometimes is we will bring several enclosures together on multiple trucks and then put them together on site, or they will be multiple independent uh, pods or enclosures that are then manifolded together with piping, but each one stands on its own. Um, and, um, but the enclosures can uh, come in many different sizes, but again, ultimately, the length, uh, both the dimensions and the weight uh, are limited by the mode of transportation, uh, which typically is commercial trucking. What about extreme temperature, high winds? Do those impact? Um, this is a very good question. Many people, they tend to overlook this very important sector. The packages can be designed for that exact location. Mm -hmm. We take into consideration local climates, which includes extreme temperatures, the winds, driving rains and snow, and other such factors. I mean, and if you're in California, we would even consider any seismic considerations for that. Um, we would, the packages are designed and can be provided with any necessary um, qualifications, stamping, to allow them to operate in those said areas. I, I did have a follow-up on that too. Um, and when we talk about high temperatures, high winds, extreme weather, a compressor is, is a very efficient heater. You know, the joy of working with this type of rotating equipment is you're making a significant amount of heat. So during these blizzard-like conditions, as long as the compressor is running or compressors, um, there's the ability to recirculate that heat within that container. And our engineering team, you know, headed by Bill, uh, does a great job in ensuring that the temperature within the enclosure, container, what have you, um, is able to maintain necessary operating temperatures and that the equipment is, is running appropriately. So, you know, I think that's, that's another thing that, that we definitely take into consideration. And, you know, if there's additional insulation that's required or, like Bill said, um, professional engineering stamps uh, in regard to seismic locations, you know, those can be done. Um, and it does allow us to, to be very versatile in, in where we are, where we're going uh, with this type of product and, and support for customers. You know, the, the ventilation is all thermostatically controlled, and so and we design each uh, of these um, enclosures to the climate so that someone in, an, in a moderate climate doesn't, isn't paying for the extreme preparation. So it, again, it's all custom. Something that you were talking about really got me thinking about the containers and the way that you can like, be very specific about it, the way you can customize. I'm curious, how big or small of a system will fit into one container? I'd like to clarify something here as we've 
had our discussion here. We've mentioned containers, enclosures, and such. So I'd like to make a little clarification here. The main difference between an enclosure and a container, an enclosure is a custom-built device from the ground up. So we have the ability in the beginning to determine its length, width, and height, and what we can accommodate within that. Um, a container is typically referred to as an ISO shipping container. You use them, you see them carrying freight back and forth across the, from country to country. Um, those are, they do have their benefits. They're more robust. However, they do have their limitations. Um, and we're, with the container, we're set left with a fixed length, width, and height. Um, with that said, um, to answer the actual question, the, we're kind of limitless on what we can package with a enclosure system because we have the ability to scale them up or make them modular, make them multiple pieces. So it's kind of unlimited um, as long as we go back to the further answer about the transportation needs. Right. And I would say, you know, uh, we have, um, because we, while we sometimes use containers, especially if we know that the customer is going to m frequently move the, uh, the enclosure, um, uh, a container is sometimes preferred, but most of the time um, other custom containers or enclosures are, are um, uh, more versatile. Um, and then we have put um, uh, systems as small as a 10 horsepower instrument air package that's used on a remote, in a remote location. Um, and then we have uh, some that are, you know, uh, 45 feet long and have um, three or four hundred horsepower uh, with uh, worth of compressed air with three or four machines and dryers and, and all the uh, uh, filtration all in one structure, uh, or we can marry them together. So, <clears throat> there, pardon me, there's, there's a lot of flexibility there, so it's really, uh, there's not limitation. So I want to do a bit of a pivot and talk about skid mounting equipment. Can we talk about the advantage in skid mounting equipment? All right. Well, first, let's, uh, we'll get to that point. Let's define what a skid is. A skid is simply a weatherproof enclosure that is minus the weatherproofing and the climate controls. Um, they're basically the same function. However, um, with a skid, it's perfect for an indoor system, especially as well as long as the conditions are good. Um, skids are quick and allow for an easy installation in a startup. They're very portable. And as with enclosures, they come with all the factory pre-assembled components. Um, so there's no chances of um, anything mishap in the field, anything incorrect. Um, that would be piping, wiring, um, items placed in the wrong order. Um, believe it or not, we have seen things placed incorrectly, filters backwards, dryers piped into the wrong inlet and such, and on goes the list. Yeah, that's, um, that's a particularly important benefit because when, when these uh, packages are put together um, and it's a s single source, everything's put together uh, before it ships, then you, you're not at the mercy of 
sometimes a third-party installer who may not be as well-versed in compressed air equipment, and they may be a, a perfectly fine mechanical plumbing contractor, but if they don't know their, their compressed air equipment, as, um, you know, as Bill said, they might um, plummet backwards, they might plumb, you know, the inlet air to the outlet of the filter or, or the dryer, um, or they might not use the right size piping to, and it might cause uh, restrictions in airflow. These are very common problems. Likewise, electricians who are not familiar with the, the equipment may miswire them, uh, and you could have wrong rotation, and there are a number of uh, common, common problems. So having these things all put together you know, by uh, compressed air professionals before they, uh, they arrive uh, reduces problems during commissioning and, again, uh, increase, um, uh, reduces downtime or, or accelerates the commissioning and, and, getting the, um, and getting the plant going with its uh, compressed air. Very curious. Is there an advantage for some type of processes versus others to go with this route with their compressed air system? Yeah, um, there, there sure are. I mean, there's tons of applications out there and We've seen so many, um, and, and they all differ. Um, but the, the focus is that we can provide air for any food facility, any application of any volume or air quality level. So, you know, it, that, that's the beauty part about it. Um, it's, it's very helpful if, if we have portable processes, um, such as for a, a service company uh, that needs a, a dedicated air source as well. So, you know, when, when we say, you know, is, is there any specific process that's, that's better served one way or the other, you know, it really depends. Um, but what I, I, I do quite a bit of work with, uh, with piping projects as well, and what we find is, you know, compressors may change over the course of time in a facility, but that piping is usually, the, the infrastructure is always the same, um, unless we're adding or, or changing something in the process. And so this sometimes makes it very difficult to get the air to whatever point of use it is you need. Um, and it's the same thing with the compressors. Maybe because we put the compressors in this one part of the facility, that worked great in the 80s, but here we are 40 years later, and production equipment has changed significantly. Um, and so, you know, putting those compressors in that particular location, which in the environment is really poor, um, will allow us to, to move it out uh, put it in, in this enclosure and, and then design it um, kind of from the ground up. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, just because there's a certain type of uh, equipment that's in there, filtration and so on, it doesn't mean that's what the customer actually needs. And so, you know, what we pride ourselves here at Kaiser um, in doing is, is really talking to the customer, uh, figuring out uh, what, what their air quality level really is, and then designing the system uh, from the ground up uh, to meet that. For companies that are just looking to expand but not replace, could they tie this into their existing compressed air system? Yes, uh, it's absolutely. Uh, it's very easy to do. So it really is just about um, uh, piping it in uh, so, um, and making sure that um, the right, uh, if, you're, if you're adding additional uh, flow, that you have the right amount of storage and um, the, you know, the valving so that you can mm -hmm. shut things off for service and so forth. But this is standard uh, practice um, in, um, you know, in compressed air systems. So yeah, um, it's a very fast and, and convenient way to 
um, expand your compressed air system um, without having to knock down walls or, or add, you know, add floor space to the building. Right, and I would like to add, um, this can be done practically without any interruption to the production. I want to go back to something that we have talked about, or I should say you have talked about. You've mentioned something about Sigma Air Utility. Can you explain that in a little more detail? This is Kayser's name for um, uh, buying air as a utility. Uh, some people call it air over the fence. The user pays for the service of getting air instead of buying uh, and maintaining the equipment. Um, so it's just a different, um, a different model um, from traditional ownership. Um, and basically, we take on the burden of monitoring the equipment, servicing the equipment, and all of that is included in a, a typically a monthly fee uh, that guarantees um, the customer a certain flow, uh, minimum pressure, and air quality. Um, and again, all the services included, they don't have to touch it. It's all on us. Um, for the um, the cost of that fee. This is absolutely fantastic. I have learned so much, and I imagine there will be other people that are curious and want to learn more too. So with my last question, I wanted to ask, if someone wanted to learn more or get in contact with someone at Kaiser Compressors, how could they go about doing so? Well, they can visit us on our website at us.kaiser.com slash engineered solutions. And from there, you can watch a video about the, um, the process and take a tour of um, um, one of these systems. And then, you know, if uh, you're so moved, contact someone to discuss um, an application. Well, that's great. I hope everyone listening today who is interested in learning more does just that. For everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.